What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday so far. Hope your week is going smoothly. I appreciate you tuning in to the 35th episode of the Footballer's Journey podcast, where I interview other pro footballers to see their behind the scenes, their day in the life, to show other young footballers, to show other footballers how disciplined they are, how they look at their nutrition, at their gym work, at their recovery, to perform well in team trainings and to perform well in matches. Today I got Steven Enna, originally from Kansas City, Missouri, who is playing his first season in the second tier in Denmark for FC Federica. Played his college career at Drake as a forward, and he's now playing as a number nine for FC Federica in the first division, second tier in Denmark. His team are off to a great start, they're at the top of the table. And he's enjoying himself. As you'll hear in the episode from him, he's a super positive guy, always looks at the bright side of things, and always turns any negative into a positive. Enjoy this one. Yeah. Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good. How's it going? Good, bro. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the pod. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, man, I mean, uh, be good to get to know you a little bit, let the audience get to know you. Um, you yeah. can just start off, you know, tell your name, where you're from, um, where you're playing right now, your position, how old you are, just a little bit of background. Sure. Um, and then basically, you know, a little bit of a background on how you came about signing your first pro contract. And, yeah, that's really it. Yeah, well um... – Cool. So my name is Stephen Enna. I'm from Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, I'm 24. I just turned 24. Uh, just uh, signed my first professional contract with FC Fredretsche in Fredretsche, Denmark. And kind of my journey started after after my college experience. And I know you you know Kyle McClagan, who's mm-hmm. a friend of mine, and we both uh, played call. You know, we're both the same age. And I reached out to him after kind of my college career was over and said, how do you get over here? And ended up uh, going to the same kind of tryout that he went to. And fortunately enough, found my way over here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So how how are you enjoying Denmark so far? Uh, it's good. It's, you know, it's my first time over in Europe. So my first time over in Europe was signing a contract and deciding to move here. So it was, it was a big jump. Uh, awesome. But uh, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a good transition. I think Denmark is especially just because they, they speak English, which is really nice. Like I, I, I kind of knew that, um, but I didn't realize how well they speak English. <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to be able to have a few words here and there, but everybody seem you know i can have a full conversation with just about anybody so um it's it's been nice being over here so that transition's been nice and um you know the club's been great um the journey over here was quick the whole process and i know we'll probably get into that but the whole process was very quick and mm-hmm. from the time that i you know stepped off the plane and i was welcomed 
you know, with open arms and um, just the people around me were just so great. So it really helped with this whole transition. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I played um, one year in Sweden, spent some time in Finland. And um, just like you said, I can completely agree. I always tell other footballers that I think Scandinavia is probably the best place to start and the, the easiest place to make a transition because like you said, how friendly the people are, how well they speak English, how uh, they really do love America and Americans and they're welcoming the (laughs) foreigners, like you said, um and then you know the football is good quality yeah yeah i i mean you know being my first time over here and just europe in general um you kind of hear about what each country is like and i didn't know too much about scandinavia i knew my my aunt actually she's finnish so she's uh oh wow so it's that's kind of interesting and but i never really got to you know i i heard stories from what her life was like but um, you know, she was Northern Finland and all I knew really was that it was really dark all the time and really bright for some of the time. <laughs> for my, sure, man. For my sure. knowledge of it was pretty, pretty slim, but being able to come over here and experience it firsthand, I've had nothing but good things to say so far. For sure. So if we dive back a little bit into the beginning of your career, where did you, uh, play club soccer? Yeah. So kind of my, um, so I, I grew up and I, I kind of in a soccer family, basically my dad, he played, um, played soccer growing up. He played a little bit of professional back then, like the outdoor leagues weren't, there was no outdoor professional leagues at the time. So he played like indoor for like the Wichita wings and, um, a few other indoor teams. But so I, I grew up basically with him and then I started with a club called blue Valley like blue valley stars at the time and then they transitioned to like the sporting what basically is the sporting academy now Mm -hmm. so that's where i basically from you know i I don't even know when i started like the actual club i think i was like u9 they still use that terminology (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. so like u9 i was at the blue valley blue valley stars up until i think seventh grade and then that's when our first year of the Wizards, it was the Wizards before it was sporting, and mm-hmm. the U13, because they had the U16 and U18s at the time, but then they created the U13 Academy, um, and that was that was uh, where I first, kind of my first real club that was, you know, kind of legit, I guess, as, as legit as a seventh grader can be, you know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then where'd you end up playing college? So I went to a school called Drake University. It's in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's in the Missouri Valley. So we played like Missouri State, Loyola, uh, Evansville, um, Bradley, and a few others. It was, um, it was a good, good conference. It was just a very, maybe not the cleanest technical conference. It was a mm-hmm. lot of more just physicality and, um, and uh, you know, it's just – classic soccer you know college soccer yeah like most of college soccer exactly uh so so you spent four years there yeah actually so i spent five years there so my okay so i uh i was there uh 2014 is when i like started so that was my first first freshman year played and then my senior year actually 
I, uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, we were playing against DePaul in Chicago and I got stepped on my right foot and I broke like my fifth metatarsal. Um, so that put me out, you know, I had to have surgery and everything like that. And we're kind of optimistic about maybe being, being back for November for the conference tournament. And, you know, during that time, our coaches were, you know, saying, Hey, like, there's this possibility of a medical red shirt and you can come back and get your master's. And for sure, you know, there's a lot of emotions going on, like not sure if it's worth it, all this stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's your big senior year. You're with all your, you know, your, your classmates that you started with. Of course. Um, so had a lot of thinking to do, but as, as it went on, I'm just like, man, you know, this, this foot, I could really heal up basically done with my undergrad and I could walk out of Drake with a master's degree and a year where basically I'm just focusing on my soccer. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the master's program, all graduate programs they are, they're built for basically people that are full-time working. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's so tough if you're working because you have to put in an eight hour shift and then go to class, but for, sure. for a, just a full-time student, Let's just say I had a lot of time on my hands. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that part was really, really nice to be able to say, like, during season, all I do is just sit in the training room and, you know, go to classes at night. So, uh, yeah, that ended up being probably one of the best decisions I ever made. So I ended up doing my my uh, last fifth year season. We had a great, great season. We unfortunately didn't win the conference tournament, but um, we had a great season. And then I, at that point, that's when I reached out to Kyle and I'm mm. like, Hey, you know, how, how'd you make it over there? Because that's when I wanted to start thinking about the professional route. For sure. Like I got so, there. so did you know for a while that you wanted to play professionally since you were younger or, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's always been a dream of mine. Um, you know, as, as a young kid for, for me, I, I really fell in love with just the game at first, you know? There's Absolutely. So many different, like I look at my parents and, you know, I, I think they did it right where they made sure that it was fun first because mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of the kids that I maybe grew up playing with, you always had those crazy parents where I feel like, sure. feel like the parents wanted it more than the kids, and the kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's, you know, that's a great point. I mean, I see it quite often, you know, um, whether you're training younger kids or whether you're, um, you know, just observing from the sidelines, trainings, games, like you said, I think, you know, sometimes these parents, um, you know, training's great and and training a lot is part of becoming Mm -hmm. a professional. But like you said, uh, being pushed too far too soon could lead to early burnout. Um, And like you said, I think that the most important thing is, the, the kid has to find that, that innate, that intrinsic love for the game for him or herself. And, and then, yeah. like you said, once that's there and it's not forced, then you can move on, you know, you can move to more complex things, you know, yeah. and train more, train harder, uh, start investing in, in training programs, things like that. But like you said, if you don't have that love first, yeah, it's not like you, you can, you can't buy that. Exactly. And I, I think, um, you know, when I think about my whole career or whatever, 
you know, I, I love that the early years because I mean, I, I remember being, being young and like wanting, you know, having friends that were doing the clubs, club teams and everything like that. And mm-hmm. around that age, I was like, man, I really want to do that, you know, as a young kid. But uh, my parents were like, you know, you can, you can do this at age nine. You know, that's, that, mm. and partly it was because I don't think my mom wanted to do all the <laughs> taking me to practice and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but what, what really where I think I got most of my skills, I guess if you call it, was in my basement with my dad and my siblings. Like we had like a little room that was like eight feet by eight feet. We had a little mm-hmm. small soccer ball and, and two little bricks that we put up as gold. And we, I, I literally spent every night down there for like an yeah. hour, you know? So it's like the little fun things that you look back like that, where that's where I truly fell in love with the game was in that small room, not, and then, and then it transitioned to outside scoring goals and uh, mm-hmm. it kind of took off from there. But, but yeah, just, just growing up, my, my dad was a, also, he was a high school coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite thing was after school, I'd get picked up and I'd go to his high school practices and get beat up by all the high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, like you said, it's very interesting. Um, you know, many Brazilians, many South Americans, mm-hmm. they, they pick up their skills, they pick up their um, game intelligence and, and things like that, just on the streets, you know, yeah. playing for fun and yeah. not in set training and set drills. So, um, yeah, like, like we said in the beginning, going too specific too early um, could lead to, you know, uh, maybe less development, less creativity. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and I believe that, I believe that, um, in a big way, because I look at, um, I look at me, even in, when I started playing club at age nine or like competitive club, um, whatever age it was, like I, I was so, I think advanced at that age because I spent so many years just messing around on my own, like Mm -hmm. with that small ball, like I spent, you know, I was just always juggling in the house and I, my big thing was like, I loved juggling and like looking at somebody who did like a cool move and like for sure doing like a rainbow. Like I think I did my first rainbow at six just because I kept watching this dude on TV or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it just kind of transitioned into that where I think I, I, I played like a year up when I was super young just because I, I loved, I think I was better with the ball because that's just what I did in my, just because I loved it. Like I was constantly sure. juggling and my coach would even give me extra little juggling tips at trainings, just, which is kind of funny looking back at it. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just interesting. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people really underlook those little things and, and just being curious, um, with, you know, emulating other players, emulating other people you see on YouTube or on TV mm-hmm. and just being creative with it, you know, especially at a young age. Yeah. Uh, without getting into specific drills, you know, too early. Yeah. And that, and I was, uh, I guess I was kind of lucky because with my dad being a high school coach, you know, I, I remember whenever I could ask him and say, hey, do you think I could use the bag of balls that you guys use for training? I can go shoot on my own. Like I thought yeah. that was, you know, that was like me going to the toy store was like, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, um, that was basically 
my training, my favorite training was my favorite fun was grabbing that bag of balls and uh, up, up the street, we had a, just a high school and I would just go there for hours. Mm-hmm. Fall in love with it. So, was, yeah, that was, I guess I wasn't the coolest kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always the, the seventh grader that was like, oh, he's probably has practice or something, but I guess uh, keep me away from the girls. Well, yeah, early was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Being focused and uh, not having too many distractions, you know, early. definitely leads to that success later and um you know those kids who probably were going to the high school parties in seventh and eighth grade probably look back and they look at where you're at now and um you know i'm sure they remember the dedication you had yeah no it's uh just funny looking back at it (laughs) for sure but yeah man i mean just talking a little bit about that transition um so after you graduated, uh, Drake, with your master's, um, mm-hmm. what, what ended up happening there? You contacted Kyle. Uh, if you could just lead us through that in a little bit of detail, because I know a lot of players, sure. um, they always want to know how to, you know, how to take the next step in the game. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the same for a lot of players. You know, the same for me that I didn't really – know exactly where to go I knew that I wanted this end this end result of mm-hmm. you know having a dream over in Europe that that was a start that was the end goal um, but you know after I finished so after I finished my season my senior or fifth year season um, I actually had a crazy setback I I was playing uh, at Drake we had kind of have like a field house like an indoor turf field I was mm-hmm. playing with some guys and we used like small track hurdles as just small goals. Wow. And I ended up stepping on just one of the hurdles and I refractured my foot again. Oh, wow. The same foot? The same foot. And, you know, you know, it was one of those when you kind of step weird and then you kind of like, okay, I'm just going to walk this off. Type mm-hmm. of and, you know, like after a couple minutes, I'm like, damn it, you know, why isn't this thing going away? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. So like the first, you know, the next two days or so, I was just icing it a lot. I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. And then my trainer was like, hey, you know, if you want, just for peace of mind, we can go get an x-ray again. So we ended up getting an x-ray and came back that I refractured a little bit. So that was a huge setback. You know, I, I mm-hmm. took this fifth year. I was like, you know, half my plan was right. I had a great in last career season. Um and then I was just going to be able to focus on playing professional. So I, I had mm-hmm. a setback, which was frustrating. But, um, you know, it was really frustrating. But it, I think in hindsight, it was actually a blessing because, you know, I, I was having thoughts. I was like, so what if I get a call tomorrow to say, hey, we want you in Europe or we want you wherever. And I have, I have a few classes left of my master's. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, would I take it? Would I not? But I finished the master's later. Um, so I think it was a blessing because I got that master's out of the way. You know, that I forever For sure. have that. And it allowed me, I guess, to kind of enjoy my last spring in co- as, as a <laughs> college kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. So after all of that, I got cleared finally on May, like the first of May. And by that point, I reached out to Kyle and... You know, I, um, 
I said, Hey, how, how'd you get over there? And he told me about this AX soccer tour. Uh, you, you people listening, you can look at, look it up on Instagram. Um, it's, a uh, this guy named Alex, he runs it. He has a, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. It's basically, um, a scouting opportunity where he has connections of Europe coaches that go there. And I, I, I think he does it differently. You know, this past year, I think he had like maybe five or six different tryouts um, where the coaches kind of interchanged whoever could be over here. Um, But this year, I think he just has, you know, he's dialing it down to just a few where it's going to be like a lot of, you know, good coaches and high quality players, Mm -hmm. um, which is good. Um, For sure. But yeah, that's kind of what I um, reached out to Kyle to figure out. And I went and researched it myself and found found basically the best one to go to. I emailed, I think I emailed just the email on the website, just like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm pretty serious about this. I had a, you know, a pretty decent college career. I think that I can, you know, play. And which, which tryout do you think is the best, give me the best opportunity? For sure. He fired back with um, the June, I think it was June 8th. It was a three-day tryout. Um, but actually, thinking back, uh, I did – I was actually going to go try out for a USL team, mm-hmm. a trial. And uh, I think it was actually – they were going to come to Iowa. And just – it was this Austin Bold down in Austin, Texas. Um, and they were going to have a tryout there. But that's when I <laughs> fractured my foot. So mm-hmm. um, postponed that. But in hindsight, I didn't want to – you know, play through it and risk getting injured again. Exactly. Uh, or worsening it. So relied on this AX soccer tour. And um, so, yeah, I, I can tell you a little bit about that tryout if you want. Yeah, yeah. Just um, so, so you went to the June one. Was this 2018? Uh, yes, this was uh, basically this last summer. Okay. Yeah, if you could uh, just run us through it. Yeah, so I guess that's uh, – 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wow, ready coming 2020. Quick. Um, so you know, obviously, just kind of relying on Kyle's word, he kind of gave me a heads up of the tryout. So I mean, this is a tryout for anybody, basically, open tryout. So anybody thinks that they can make it to the next level, and wants an opportunity to be in front of coaches can come. So. Uh, using your imagination, you can picture a wide range of players down there. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Good, good and bad. And um, so, down in Atlanta, Georgia, we get there the first day, and my my dad actually flew down with me. Um, and just kind of made a trip out of it because um, he he's been my biggest support through all of this. So he was uh, mm-hmm. didn't want to miss that. So yeah, we awesome. get down there, and the first day. We get to the fields and there's some grass fields and it is just pouring rain. I mean, it was, it's been pouring since probably one in the morning. We're just like, no way this thing is going to, going to happen. And there's just tons of cars in this parking lot. And it's funny because I'm sitting in the car and there's kind of like a lot of some, some older dudes walking around and every guy I see, I'm like, Oh my God, that may be the Danish coach. You know, that may be one of the coaches. Yeah. But uh, after after a couple minutes of 
you know, 30 minutes or so of sitting and waiting as it's getting close to the start of our thing. I, we get out and we go ask one of these guys who, who we thought is the coach and it ended up being like a ultimate Frisbee tournament for like <laughs> over 60 or over 50 year olds. It was pretty hilarious. We're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So that just, just happened to be on the same day, but um, the first day we ended up having, having the tryout. Um, there was a break in the rain and um, kind of how the tryouts work is the first day is a kind of skill based thing. You do some possessions and passing drills, like a sprint test and stuff like that. And then, um, and then the next two days are basically just 11 v 11. And I was fortunate enough to score some goals and, you know, just basically fit their criteria that they were looking for. And the team that mm-hmm. I signed with, they, um, they ended up needing like a striker, a number nine box striker. And, um, I happened to be at that tryout and do decently. So, um, after it, one of the coaches, I wasn't sure, quite sure how the whole process would go or even if I had a shot. And afterwards, one of the coaches kind of was talking to me and we didn't talk about anything about a trial or anything, but he just kind of asked me about who I was and my, my kind of history um, mm-hmm. of, you know, when I started playing and everything like that, and um, which was kind of cool, you know, knowing that, you know, yes, they're here to look for some players, but um, they, they want to make sure that they're getting a decent guy as well. They're just you, that they care sure. about um, the life behind the player as well. Absolutely. But um, after that, then my dad and I were driving back. We had a flight, you know, after like later that night and we're sitting in a Panera in Atlanta, Georgia, when I got the call, of, Hey, these guys wow. want you over in 10 days. Are you, are you ready for it? So that was a pretty emotional moment. And, um, I had a call, obviously my family and my, my girlfriend, we, uh, mm-hmm. girlfriend I've been dating, we've been dating for about four years. So that was a pretty tough conversation. Um, but we've been, preparing for this moment over the last Mm -hmm. couple months and you know it's it's different when you prepare for it and then when it actually happens yeah absolutely so it was uh it's pretty crazy yeah so so you got that call and then um that was it you just flew over to denmark yeah so i i went i went home after the tryout and i had i think i had like 12 days so i spent most of that, you know, and, you know, I went into the tryout June 8th after being cleared May. So I had like a month of basically mm. getting in shape, which was hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was horrible. For sure. <laughs> like the amount of running that I did and, uh, you know, and having my last semester of college, you know, I had, you know, a few beers that I probably shouldn't have had. So I had to make sure that I ran a little extra harder you know, uh, for sure. those. So I was, I was not a hundred percent fit and that, that the games that I played down in Atlanta were my first games that I played since the season, you know, the end wow. of my college season. So, um, sore than hell after each day. And, um, so then the next 12 days, I just basically kept maintaining my fitness and making sure that I didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically just kind of spending the most, most time I could with my girlfriend, 
my family. And then, um, yeah, catching a flight and getting over to Denmark. Um, so it was awesome, man. It was so quick, but, uh, like I said, I kind of mentally prepared for it, but it's nothing like when it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I always talk about what a lot of friends and a lot of guys on this podcast is you just got to prepare for that opportunity. Um, whether it's with football wise, fitness wise, relationship wise, um, when you, when you're willing to sacrifice everything for it, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, people will know it. You, you'll know it for sure. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's just how it goes. And like you said, uh, I think also Kyle had said he had the same thing where, you know, yeah. 10 days they wanted him right over yeah. in Denmark and, uh, you gotta, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready to pick up and go. Yeah. It's in, in, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is, is timing and yeah, you know, I'm, sure. I'm a pretty religious guy and, you know, I believe that, mm-hmm. you know, God has a plan for everybody and, you know, time, Absolutely. timing is so important and, this is why all this is so crazy. Like there has to be, you know, I'm so thankful um, mm-hmm. because I went to that specific tryout. They were looking for exactly. my specific position. <laughs> exactly. I, I performed, um, you know, well enough for them to say, Hey, there's some interest. And, um, you know, it, and then I, I had my master's finish and I, I could, I could turn the chapter behind me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, without looking back without any regrets and stuff and start my whole new. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm super fortunate and I'm just very thankful for the opportunities that I've been given. And, um, you know, it's life's crazy. That's for sure. For, for sure, man. And yeah, just to add on to that, like, like you said, football is all about opportunity. It's all about timing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sure there are some guys at that trial, uh, that performed very well. They thought they performed very yeah. well. And just the coaches who were there didn't need that position. They didn't exactly. need that guy to slot in that role. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, guys who um, – guys will probably, would probably think to themselves and, uh, you know, oh, maybe it's time to hang up the boots, but they don't know or – you know, they're not positive and persistent enough sure. to keep going forward to look for their next uh, possible opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know like if, 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 uh, if that tryout wouldn't have gone the best, because I mean, you kind of have to, you know, you have to walk into a tryout saying that, you know, it's a, uh, it's a great chance <laughs> or it's a great opportunity when it happens, but uh, they don't happen all the time, you know? Um, absolutely and i know that for me i would have kept trying i probably would have maybe tried another one of those tours and and branched out to other at the same time i was using basically every connection that i had that my um my soccer network had and Mm -hmm. uh, because the fire for me was still there and um absolutely so uh, i was fortunate that it i i was able to get it on that that first tryout that I went to but but you're right I mean but there's a lot my whole life <laughs> led up to that one moment so it's there's still Absolutely. a lot of hard work that goes into it and dedication for sure man for sure 
so yeah, you, you got over to Denmark. Um, and how was the transition from college soccer to Danish soccer? So, um, uh, by the way, you're, it's a kind of little, uh, I can't hear you the best. I don't know. If okay. Trying to turn up my mic, but, uh, um, so the transition, I look at college soccer and, um, you know, it's, it's just different. And for a lot of reasons, it can be different because they're trying to jam pack a whole season, you know, minimum of probably 16, 18 games plus an ending tournament. And you can keep going into three mm-hmm. or four months where, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just different because you approach each game differently. You approach training differently. And I look at my college career and I probably didn't become better as, you know, technically as a player, like my feet or, you know, necessarily my skills, but I became so much stronger in other aspects of my game. Like, like the mental, mental thing of getting over adversity or, you know, having a coach that you don't agree with or, having mm-hmm. to, you know, take a spend 20 hours in a bus over two days and then go to class and stuff like that. So you, so I gained a lot more um, kind of like experience and mental strength from college, college soccer while still, you know, playing every day. And, but it's just different because over here you obviously mm-hmm. have the professionals that are, you know, professionals in their one area where in college soccer, you kind of, you know, maybe you're a player that starts out as a freshman, you're playing. And then as you start getting older, you become more, more of a kind of a leader or an important role in the team. You have to be put in different positions where, you know, maybe you're not playing your true position or you have to do other things to help the team succeed. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like you have to, for sure, you know, you can't solely focus on your role. You know, if you're like me, if you're a box striker, you should be focused on, you know, scoring goals, you know, runs in the box and how, how can you basically put the goal in the back of the net where in college you're kind of pulled many different ways where, okay, Hey, we're going to need you to help kind of with the build up play, uh, and then you need to get in the box where you're, you you got to kind of think, you know, think the bigger picture. And then, I mean, trainings are just different because I feel like all college coaches are the same. Um, mm-hmm. At least the people that I've talked to is where you show up to training and you, you play 11 v 11, which, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see the benefit in that. Uh, but I, I see the, the argument both, both ways because, um, when your season's so jam-packed, you have to just kind of play just to get results, I guess. You can't really build a philosophy in four months. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, 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 and you know, how about, like, the style of play, um, things like that, yeah. uh, you know, and the, the ability of the players? How does that differ? Yeah, so, um, again, you know, th- these guys are – um, professionals in their specific position, but I looking at the speed of play, like, and just the overall ability, um, like at least for my team, I think my team is pretty special because, um, FC Fred Retro, we're, we're known to be like the best team in like possession and, mm. um, just keeping the ball basically. 
And, and I tell you what, like coming from, you know, five years of college soccer where, you know, you kind of can get in the habit of kicking it long or just kind of more For physicality, sure. you know, coming back over here and at my first, first training, I mean, I didn't do necessarily bad in the possession, but you know, my head is moving a thousand miles per hour trying to keep up. And at that point you realize, holy shit, you know, I've been out of, I've been five years of kind of a different style of playing mm-hmm. and now I'm over here and these guys are just so clean on the ball. They know mm-hmm. they're always five steps ahead of where they're going to pass and stuff like that, where it, it does take, take time. Like I'm, I'm still getting used to um, kind of getting out of that um, college mindset of playing where um, if, if that makes sense, I, at least for me, you know, it's taking. Some yeah, time. for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, that transition, you know, take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like you said, that transition takes time. I mean, these guys are training 10 months out of the year. Yeah. Uh, you're coming from a place training four months out of the year. Um, and like you said, there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. I'm sure fitness wise, strength wise, you're up there. Yeah. And then uh, over time with patience, the speed of play will come. Uh, and you have to, you know, be kind to, your, to yourself, not get too angry because yeah. uh, you got to realize where you're coming from, where they're coming from, and just how you could add to the team. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's, you know, my, my coaches for my team have been, you know, absolutely great. Granted, they, they're the ones that kind of saw me in um, Atlanta. So, you know, that, that was also a big help to me. You know, it's not like they just heard me and then I'm coming in and have to prove myself right here because they kind of know, um, you know, they, they know who I am. It's not like I just showed up on day one. Like who is for sure. So, and then was it a direct contract by the way, or did you have to go over and trial in Denmark? Uh, so it was, so yeah, it was a trial period and they're like, Hey, you know, we, we want you over here. Um, the first day of preseason, but, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, okay, so is there like, is this for a week, a week or two? Like, cause I was like, <laughs> I need a return flight if this thing goes south, like for sure. Um, and they didn't give me that. They're just like, yeah, basically we want you here for preseason. Um, but they didn't give me a deadline of like, this is when we'll make our decision. And then Alex, the guy that runs these AX tours, he was like, so if, if you know the trial doesn't go right then you're over there and then we can explore some other options and stuff like that so i was like okay so we did we just set for like a return flight at the end of their preseason basically mm-hmm. um, but so i got there uh, let me just see when i got here I, I got here so on june 24th so we had the on june 10th was the last day of that tour the tryout and then i had to be there on the 24th mm. so so the 24th had our first day of training and um you know we did some possession and then some like small sided and we basically did that for the next couple of days and then i was fortunate that after three days they're like hey we want to move forward great stuff so it was um so that was a great peace of mind too where i'm like you know, when, when I'm over there, you gotta, you know, you're kind of on edge about, Hey, am I, you know, am I doing okay? And all this mm-hmm. stuff. 
and then when when they say hey we want you then you can kind of mentally step back and say okay like i'm i'm here they want me and Mm -hmm. we can get down to business for sure definitely a nice deep breath yeah um and then you know right now where where are you guys in the season how many games in are you uh where you at in the table how are things going for you guys this season so um the season's been going great um we we lost our first game um to a team called vince usel but after that point on we we basically um have been doing really well let me just pull up our we're in so we have 24 points. Uh, so we're kind of top of the table with a team called Violet. They have 24 points mm. as well. Um, but they, they just have us beat on the goal differential, I guess. They have like a couple goals better than us. Um, so we're, we're top of the table, which is, a, you know, it's been a great feeling. And um, after playing each team, you know, we're, we're pretty confident in our ability and the style that we've been playing. Um, and it's it's just been some great games, basically. <laughs> so For it's been, sure. It's been nice to be on the winning side of it as my first start of it, I guess. Of course. And how's the atmosphere at the games? You know, you, you guys get a lot of fans or. Yeah. Um... So so this year, um, this year, it's a little bit different. Apparently last year, um, our club didn't have many fans. They, they have something called the Red Pride. But uh, this mm-hmm. year they they had a group of guys that said, Hey, we want to get this started again. And we've had like probably a solid a hundred to 200 guys, like just crazy Danish dudes showing up to our games and just going nuts, which has just been, you know, just a great atmosphere um, that they've brought to our games, which has been awesome. Um, they've, they have all the different chants for the players. And um, so, yeah, it's been a great atmosphere. And then, Without them, I'd say we, we, we've been getting a lot of fans, probably, you know, close to a 1,000, averaging a 1,000. And then on, like, the bigger games, we'll, uh, we'll get more. So this year we have uh, Violet, that, the other team that's at the top with us. They just came down from the Superliga. And mm. then a team called Calling, who, uh, who just came up from the second division. And our three towns, so Violet, Calling, and Fredericia, were, like, within – 30 kilometers of each other so it's like big derby games whenever we play them so uh, we just went to we went to viola first and our fans were nuts there there's like a couple thousand people there and then we just went to calling like two weekends ago when my family was here and well again i think we had a couple thousand people there too so it's it's pretty cool to see yeah gotta be a great experience so how many matches are in the seat uh do you guys play in a season Sorry, did you hear me? Yeah, sorry. How many matches do you guys play in a season? I think we're back. <laughs> For sure, man. Sounds good. 
So, yeah, man. So, how many games do you guys play in a season? Uh, so, we play 33 games. So, it's uh, you play everybody three times. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, okay. we play, I think, so I think we have 18 in the first half and then uh, the rest in the second half. So, we, we end, we're having, we end November 15th is our last game. And then we start back up, I think, the first of March. Okay, solid. And how, how many matches have you played so far? Uh, so 12, 12 matches so far. Awesome. Yeah, man. So um, if you could just take us real quick through a typical day in your life, you know, in during the season, uh, just so people see behind the scenes, get a little insight, uh, any tips and tricks you do, things like that. Just, uh, you know, sure. share so- it along. So uh, we start training at um, – we, we got to be there at 9. So I, my apartment – I have an apartment just kind of inside the city walls. And I'm about a 10-minute bike ride to training, 10 or 15-minute bike ride. So uh, I wake up. First thing I do is look outside and hope that it's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, head down, get my bike, and it's a, it's a really easy bike ride. So I get there about – 8.50 or so. I usually get there a little bit earlier. A lot of our guys, uh, so Fredrich is kind of a smaller town, so a lot of the guys live in other bigger cities. The two two uh, two of the big cities are Aarhus and Odense in Denmark. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the guys live an hour away, which is north in Aarhus, so they drive down. But I get to training, and then at 9 o'clock, that's when we kind of have breakfast. So Usually there's a, a cleanup crew. You know, there's three three dudes that usually are on this crew. So um, you clean up and you get the food out. So we have kind of like cereal and uh, oatmeal and stuff like that, yogurt and stuff. And then you can also like make some eggs if you want. Mm-hmm. So they they have this uh this bread over here that's super popular. I don't know if they had it in Sweden, but it's I can't even pronounce it. It's called like oplot or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? In Sweden, they had something called uh, knackebrod, which is like like a um, kind of a wheat cracker bread. Okay. Yeah. So so this one, it's it's a little bit different. It's I'm butchering the heck out of it, but it's called like oplot or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. just basically it's kind of like a rye bread. It's just like super hearty, and it's kind of like our like a crazy multi-grain dark bread, basically. Wow. Um, so a lot of guys eat that with some eggs and so that's usually, or you can make a smoothie in the morning. Um, so have a good breakfast and then around nine, nine twenty or so, that's when we kind of start our morning meeting. Our coaches come out and they, um, they shake our hands and say good morning and basically give us a rundown of training. And then if we're, uh, two, two days out or a day out before a game, we'll start we'll do film usually two days out we do more film of just kind of how they play and stuff like that and then a day out we do uh their set pieces that kind of breaks it up so we're not just sitting there the whole time but uh so we have our meetings and then we head downstairs usually about like 9 45 or so usually trains are about 10 30 so that gives you about 45 minutes to kind of do you know, kind of relax for a little bit and then do your before training, you know, exercises, warm ups and stuff like that. So they give you plenty of time just to kind of 
get right before you say you need to see our trainer or stuff like that. So for me, you know, I'm every, everybody has their kind of their weak areas. You know, some people have bad ankles some people have bad knees. Well, it's really kind of like my hip flexors and groins for me. So I, I have um, a program that our trainer made basically just exercises that I do before I go out. Um, if something's kind of hurt me, you know, before that I can go see her, but usually I see the trainer after for treatment, but, um, so get ready and then head into, we kind of have like this big open area where there's kind of like a ping pong table and a bunch of yoga mats and stuff where you can do your exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where I usually go. I go straight for the foam roller first, um, do some stretching, then do my exercises. And then about that time, we have about 10 minutes or so till training starts usually head out, head out to the field. And I like to do my own warm up before we kind of do our team warm up, but every, mm-hmm. everything's different. Um, so I, I do my, I, I still do the same warm up that I, I did at my uh, school at Drake. So I kind of do that because it just kind of hits every muscle group. And then we, we do normally like a two time jog around the field. And um, so I like to be extra warm just because that's yeah. what my body needs. For sure. I completely agree with you on that. And uh, like you said, my my target areas are also my hip flexes and groins. And the most important thing for that, I think, is to just be well warm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what type of stuff are you doing, you know, uh, in terms of the prehab and just some of the warm-up? You're just a couple of the exercises uh, so the listeners can, you know, take something out of it. Yeah. Um, for – kind of like the program that I'm doing for my hip flexors and stuff. It's um, like we have like a band where I do, you know, kind of band work where it's just straight out legs straight going out and then Mm -hmm. to the side and then some hip, hip flex, like hip lifts with like while squeezing a ball for my hip flexors Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, some lunge walking, like band lunge walks. Um, so that's some of like the exercises that she has me doing. Um, and then when I get out on the field, I just kind of, the main, main ones that I really like to hit, um, are kind of more, I wouldn't say the static ones, but I like to really get the, the hamstrings. I spend a lot of time on that. Just, you know, like five each side, just dipping down grabbing my toes and stuff like that. And then, mm-hmm. um, just kind of lunges, loosening up the hips since that's kind of my main areas. And then I just go for sure. like high knees and uh, all that different stuff. Absolutely. And h- how long are your trainings usually? Uh, they're usually about like an hour and a half um, for like, so these past two days we've kind of had tougher trains just since we, uh, we've had kind of long, a longer break in between games since we had a reschedule. But um so yeah, it's about about an hour and a half or so, um, give or take, you know, fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after training, are you eating lunch at the ground or you go back home? Yeah. So uh, so our facility is kind of attached to what I would call kind of like a community center, where um, it's like part of this community center. There's also like a professional handball uh, club since handball is huge in Denmark. 
So uh, they have that. And then they also have like a, a rec swimming area and like lifting. But they have a, a restaurant. It's called like Cafe Thick. And that's where we go every day for lunch, which is really nice. So we just get in from training, um, do some stretches. And then we, we head over that way, get some food, and then head back. And usually most of the guys are in with the trainer or you know, just getting ready to go home. But since I'm here in the city, I kind of take my time, you know, see, get, get to see the trainer, tell her what I'm hurting or just some maintenance work and then kind of hang out till I go back home. Yeah, it's great stuff. So uh, what, what do you usually have for lunch? So in Denmark, they, they love their pork. They love pork, mm-hmm. pork and potatoes. That's like their, wow. their um, religion. <laughs> but uh so the cafe thick it's you know they they in my eyes i think it's great one because we don't really have to uh think about making food so it's uh sure. so it's always right there but there there are some you know there's some healthy options um, which is great um, usually there's a type of meat whether it's pork or chicken or beef and then they have potatoes and usually some sort of like pasta some like um some pesto pasta and then they'll have like salad and stuff like that they have Mm -hmm. a salad bar and all that so um you can hit all the food groups which is nice yeah for sure man and how's the food over there good quality yeah yeah it's great quality um i was a little unsure because never been to europe or just never been never knew much about denmark to begin with but uh i mean there there are differences from what I'm usually eating over in America, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, so <laughs> it's, I, I, I haven't had an issue, you know, like sometimes when you go to a different country, I can imagine some, some countries that you could be a little uh, culture shocked by the food, but I've had none of it over here. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, I think Scandinavians, they eat pretty healthy. They try to yeah. stay fit. Um, I really love that, that lifestyle that they try to live over there. Just like, you know, like you said, I mean, everyone's always riding bikes. They're always running walking around doing fitness. Um, it's a great lifestyle, real relaxed. Yeah, really is. I, I I do love the whole bike system over here. I mean, it, it fits their, um, it fits the cities because it is a smaller country. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so easy for us to say, oh, we need more of that in the United States. But, I mean, exactly. we go longer distances. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. But right. The fact that they have little tiny bike roads with their own stoplights and stuff is just, it's just awesome. Yeah, just for sure. It promotes a good lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yes, so after lunch, what time do you usually get back home? So I'll get home. Uh, it depends on how slow I'm going because, I mean, coming back here when i'm back here i don't have um you know too many people to hang out with and talk to mm-hmm. at the time being so i i tend to stay there probably till about three thirty or 4 mm-hmm. um and then i'll head back here and get a little bit of food um i i've been you know getting used to i mean i'm used to cooking food but i'm getting used to like okay like meal prepping i guess for sure so, you know, picking out meals that I'm just saying, okay, on this day, I'm going to make this and I'll have that for a couple of days. 
So I'm still getting mm-hmm. better at that. But uh, I'll make some food. And then usually about 7 o'clock my time, I'm giving my girlfriend a call since it's her lunch break. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of my routine. Sounds good, man. And then uh, when, when do you usually head off to sleep? Uh, so so um, that can be later at times, but it is nice because we don't train super early in the morning. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes like I'll wait up till like 11 o'clock here is four o'clock back home. So when my girlfriend gets off work, so sometimes I'll wait up and just FaceTime her for, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then head to bed around 1130 or so. But sometimes if I'm, you know, extra tired, I'll just be like, hey, I'll talk to you later or talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, 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 I'm not pretty strict on when I go to sleep, but when I, when I sense that I need more sleep, I'll, I'll make sure that I get it. For sure. Makes sense, man. Yeah. Um, and in, in general, you know, you're training with your team every day or, uh, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. So we, we have a uh, one day off usually. Um, but with this past month has been a little bit strange because we had a rescheduled game. And then we rescheduled like one of our Danish cup games. So we've had uh kind of long weeks with like maybe a couple weeks where we had two off days in a row and stuff like that. So normally it's our normal schedule. If everything's just um, the way it should be, we'll usually play games on Sunday. We'll go into the club on Monday, basically for like a regen day. And then we'll have Tuesdays off. So that's kind of the, the general default schedule but it's been a little bit different this past month mm-hmm. sounds good man yeah. and um are you guys are you guys doing gym sessions as a team so we're actually not so that's that's one thing that is a little bit different where basically um you know it, it's been kind of nice because the the coaches and the club and our trainer you know if your body is taxed you know, they, they say, Hey, you know, do whatever you need, you know, whether you need, exactly. to, you need to stay in from training or just go out and do the, you know, warm up and some possession and then, you know, just spend the rest of the day stretching, go do it to the ice baths and stuff like that. You can do that. So, um, basically it, it's nice that we, we have to lift on our, on our <clears> own and there's no set regiment because everybody's different. You know, we have, absolutely we have, we have a good mix of young and old, um, on the team and, I'd say a lot of the older guys are kind of in the the period of their career where they're just maintaining <laughs> fitness and absolutely and you know, trying not to get injured and just keeping a strong core and everything like that. Um, and then some of the younger players are maybe more focused on strengthening their legs and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's a good mix. Absolutely. And how about for yourself? You know, do you do uh, any extra lifting? Yeah, so for me, uh, I, I lifted pretty heavily, you know, in my college. And as a result, like, I don't know if it was not the best form or something like that, or just like, I always had kind of low back problems from, mm. I think it was more from the cleans that kind of did me in. For but, sure. So when, when I go lift now, like I'll lift maybe once or twice a week. Um, and I'll just kind of do more, uh, more upper body because, um, you know, we're, we're we're training every day and they want, want to keep the legs fresh. Um, Absolutely. But I mean, sometimes I'll do some leg lunges and some kind of lighter work, but mostly it's kind of upper body for me. And I know it's, 
I, I'm not lifting is not my favorite. Some people are crazy about it. Some people love it, but uh, I'm I've I've had too many times where I've kind of picked up little nagging injuries from overlifting or something like that. So I'm kind, mm-hmm. of, <laughs> kind of focused on just maintaining a strong core. That's what I need to. I need to focus more on my core because for sure most of my strength will come from. No, yeah. I mean, just like you said, I mean, every person's different. Yeah. Uh, so some people like lifting, some people don't like lifting. I think the most important thing is just listening to your body sure. uh, yeah. and finding out what you really need. Yeah, of course. And and for me, like in, in college, they uh, obviously a different style of play. And for sure. Our, our lifting regiment was kind of like a football regiment. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's absurd. Yeah, I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, suddenly I, I put on 20 pounds of like, <laughs> muscle and I'm, I'm walking. I can't walk through doors straight because my shoulders are getting broad. <laughs> We're here. Like, I, I've slimmed down. Like, I'm, I, I would say that I'm at like my natural weight. I'm probably like maybe a little under 180, which is pretty crazy for, I mean, I'm 6'4, so that's kind of light. Mm. But for my like position, I, I just feel so much more agile and quicker, which for sure, while I still have my strength, I, I'm still strong on the ball and I can hold off, but uh, I feel so much better than what I did, you know, three years ago when I was basically a big alignment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it completely makes sense. I mean, I think, I think a lot of those strength and conditioning coaches, not to talk crap, but in college, I think the most important thing is to have a strength and conditioning coach who has actually been in, yeah, uh, either either played the game or has had a lot of experience around the game. Exactly, because it's just a, it's just a very different sport um, in terms of training in the weight room. And, and they br- um, they bring good qualities in terms of like quickness and speed training. Like I, I would say that my, but you're completely right. Like I, you know, some of the exercises, some of the lifting that we were doing was uh just putting on too much weight where we maybe want to focus more on just kind of um speed and mm-hmm. you know explosiveness <laughs> exactly absolutely um and then in terms of like pitch training do you do any extra training on the pitch uh after sessions before sessions yeah so, uh you know with the ball yeah so usually um so at 12 games in the season you know some of my body's kind of tired right now and a lot of the other guys bodies are tired. And, um, so it, it's kind of depends on that. Are we feeling okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if I were to do extra, which I did a lot of extra kind of earlier in the season, just as we were all still pretty fresh, um, mm-hmm. it would just be grabbing some of our wingers, um, and having them put in some crosses, uh, or just basically setting up some, some blue men dummies and, kind of doing some passing patterns around them and just getting some repetition. Um, and it's always, sure. it's always nice when one of our keepers stays and um, helps us out, but you know, it, it's been a, you, you see that where, you know, we have one, our free kick taker, he's always staying extra, you know, after and hitting, hitting 20 balls. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I love to do that. Just kind of fine tune. But at the, as the season starts wearing on, you know, I've, I've had my assistant coach just saying, Hey, you gotta, you gotta shut down. You know, I, I sure. a little groin like pole, like a couple of games ago where I had to miss one game and they're just like, Hey, you gotta, gotta make sure that 
you know, doing extra is okay, um, but you got to make sure that you're, you know, fit basically. Mm-hmm. Which, which yeah, is, I mean, it's I... great coming from them. Where in college, like my, <laughs> my, uh, you know, I've had coaches where they're just like, you got to do extra training, extra training is everything. Absolutely. Where you're just like, are you kidding me? We have three games in seven days, and we're traveling thirty hours on a bus, and you want me to do extra? Like I can barely even think right now. So exactly. Yeah, my coach in Sweden always said, you know, especially in season, it's about freshness over fitness. Yeah, exactly. There's no point, you know, overdoing it. You know, extra work's very good, five to ten minutes. But, you know, overdoing it, and uh, I think it has a lot to do with the American mentality of, uh, you know, work, 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 take no days off. Yeah. uh, Which is, you know, in some ways it's good to harden that mentality, but it can go overboard. Yeah. It can lead to injury and. Uh, not being fresh for trainings and matches. So what I always, you know, live by and I always try to tell people if they ask me is, you know, first of all, the most important is your team training. Um, You know, being the best you can be uh, in your role to help the team so you can play on the weekend. And then if, you know, you're feeling good, like you said, you can do some extras to uh, sharpen up on some parts of your game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just going into nutrition. I know we talked about it a little bit, but, um, do you have any specific approach to your nutrition? Um, you know, anything you really try to focus on or uh, how do you usually look at your nutrition? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's been great to have kind of, uh, breakfast and lunch taken care, you know, mm-hmm. taken care of where I don't have to think, you know, at, at, at lunch I need to do, I guess I need to do better at, you know, thinking about what, like, I'm still eating healthy, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can maybe overeat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like on the hard days when you're burning a lot of calories, you kind of need that. Um, for sure. But I would say that it, I'm still transitioning, you know, being here for only a couple months, I'm still kind of getting used to the grocery stores and getting used to maybe finding the stuff that I'm used to. Um, like when I was in the States, I was a big smoothie guy. Like I love to, you know, make a smoothie in the morning with um, a, a plant-based protein powder because I didn't really like how whey whey protein made me feel. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just jam-packed the smoothie with really healthy stuff. Um, For sure. So where over here, uh, my parents just came and they actually brought me some plant-based protein powder, and I'm sure I can find it over here. But it's just, you know, I, I still need to get comfortable you know, finding what I'm used to over here in the stores. <laughs> Absolutely. Which has been a, an interesting transition to say the least, but uh, it's, it, it's a good one. It's a <laughs> good lesson to learn. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, that's one of the hardest things that people don't realize, uh, you know, when moving is just like doing the simple things like navigating supermarkets, yeah. finding what you're used to, um, directions you know everything's a huge change yeah obviously that's what one of the most important things and the biggest benefits of of playing uh overseas is you really grow as a person yeah obviously as a player but you also grow as a person by getting yourself out of your comfort zone doing new things uh you know learning new cultures uh it's it's just a great experience yeah so i i think i'm uh i'm starting to get more comfortable where i can think about you know, meal prepping, like solid meals and making sure that I have 
great protein as well as like some greens in my diet mm-hmm. um, and just because um, it, it is important especially since our job revolves around making sure that you're 100 percent fit at all times and at your you know best basically mm-hmm. so yeah yeah hey, man uh just a little bit on recovery if you know you you know you said you went to the trainer yeah. Uh, you do, you do the activation, things like that. Any other, you know, methods you use, uh, you do a lot of foam rolling. Uh, I think you said some foam rolling and stretching. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, big into foam rolling. Um, and then I have, I have like a stretching band, basically just a plastic band that I, I use. And, um, basically, you know, it, it's so hard because, you know, as a player, when you're feeling good, <laughs> it's so easy just to say, Hey, I'm feeling good. I don't need to stretch or something like that. Exactly. And you always kick yourself when you're like, you know, why didn't I just stretch after this one training? Now I'm so sore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a- as the weather starts getting colder and, you know, it gets a little more maybe uncomfortable to, you know, easier to cu- curl up on the couch. Um, for sure. Especially for these next six games, these, this last month, I just need to make sure that I'm, constantly stretching before training, you know, rolling out before training, doing a little stretching and my exercises. And then literally right after training, like I, I need to be with on the foam roller and stretching again, like with my band, like I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. Cause I know for sure that's literally the only thing that's going to help me, um, you know, play these last six games at the highest, um, you know, my highest level. Exactly. No, that's, that's a great point there. You know, I mean, like you said, player, you know, when you feel great, you feel great, but you know, um, sometimes when you, when you're feeling really good, you don't stick with your routine habits, uh, your routine things to help you feel great, um, which can lead you downhill. But like you said, I mean, the the discipline to do that is is very hard, but super important. It's so hard. And it's, it's so simple. It's like... (laughs) Being in your apartment by yourself, all you need to do is lay down on the ground and grab, you know, stretch. But for some reason, you know, it's just human nature, I guess. Like, oh, the ground is cold. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Exactly. It's so important. And um, that's that's basically what I need to keep going. So I got to do it. For sure, man. But, yeah, uh, coming up to our last bits here. Um Got a couple of three questions here. So if you could go back to yourself at any age you wanted to, uh-huh. uh, give yourself a little bit of wisdom, uh, the wisdom that you have now, what age would you go to and, and what would you tell yourself? Oh, man. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go um, – I'd probably go to kind of like my younger years, like the age 12 or 13, kind of right when um, – Actually, kind of twofold. You know, I'd go to kind of like when I was 13 and then also when I was 20, 20, like towards the end of my mm-hmm. career and basically say that, you know, you got you to gotta love the game, but also your, your opportunities will come. Um, For sure. And when if I was talking to my younger years, I'd just say, keep doing what you're doing and, you know, basically just fall in love, still fall in love with grabbing the bag of balls and going out when you know call call i had one buddy that i'd always call and he'd always go with me 
And even mm-hmm. if I went by myself, I still loved it. And, you know, fall in love with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about when you're early on, it's not all about, you know, games. It's, I think it's more about just enjoying what you're doing. And for me, Absolutely. it was, you know, you know, hitting, hitting uh, shots on just an empty goal. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then if I go back to age 20, I would say, you know, you know, it's all about timing, as we were saying. My timing Absolutely. Was, was different. You know, there's obviously pros that go early. I got 16, you know, like when I was at the sporting academy, it was like, oh, man, if you don't sign a generation Adidas contract, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're, you're mm-hmm. not going to make it. But, um, you know, we, we can look at twofold, like, like look at Matt Beasler. You know, we, you know he's, mm-hmm. he's a defender for sporting. He was on the national team, and he played club. He went to college, and he signed as a professional player. And, you know, I went that route. I didn't choose the professional career early because that was – in my, in my cards. And, um, you know, it's never too late or too early to go, but, uh, you know, I, I'm super, I, I would tell my 20 year old self that, Hey, keep sticking with it, you know, fight through adversity. Coaches aren't mm-hmm. going right. If you're not getting games, all this stuff, just keep going, keep working hard and your time will come, whether it's at age 20 or when it's when you're done with school, whenever. So, yeah. I mean, everyone's got a different path. It's as simple as that. You know I mean? Uh, and I think a lot of that is, is comparing yourself to others and day and age. But uh, like you said, when you focus on yourself and just persist, keep moving forward, as long as you love the game, yeah, your opportunity absolutely. will come. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, you seem like a super positive guy, uh, you know, always looking at the, the brighter picture, which is, is great to hear. And I hope a lot of listeners take that into, into consideration. I mean, you talked about um, two obstacles sure. you had early on with your foot um, and just looking at the positive thing. And, and I think that's essential, yeah, in, you know, in football and then in life, you know, always looking at um, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. you know. Whatever is meant to happen is meant to happen, and I think you just gotta flow with it and, and uh, yeah, and, go and along with it. It's so cool being in this professional environment because, you know, as a young kid, you're so focused on you know I want to be a professional football player. You know, I want to do this. I want to do all of this and live mm-hmm. that lifestyle. But when you get here, you know, I'm I'm on a team, and all these some of these guys have kids, and it, this is their this is their job. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. You know, it's their dream, For but it's sure. also their job. Like it's uh it's pretty cool to see that come full circle where, you know, people don't realize that, you know, it's it's not um a glam you know, maybe not a glamorous life a hundred percent of the time. It is a luxury job because we get to wake up and mm-hmm. um, get paid for doing something that we love. But uh the at the end of the day, whether you have a bad game or a bad training session, you know, everybody's going home to their families, they're you know, loved ones and uh, we show up tomorrow and we're still a family as a team. So it's pretty cool to see. For sure, man. For sure. Yeah. Just to add on that. I mean, you know, it's, it's completely different when you come out of the, when you come out of the college system or, uh, and and then you see guys who are actually working to put food on the table for their families. Um, it's, It's a different hunger uh, it's a different, just a different brand of football. 
And um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the guys, that's, that's a big reason I, I reach out to a lot of yeah. Americans overseas because I want, I want kids um, back home, Americans or other, other guys who want to go to foreign lands and play football. Uh, it's a dream. It's a great thing to do. Um, but you, you know, you gotta be willing to risk it all, uh, and sacrifice because like you said, I mean, um, you know, it's just you and your apartment, but you know, you go to training, uh, all these guys that have their families and their friends. So it's much more of a mental battle for yourself and being able to perform under those circumstances really says a lot. It's, it's definitely a big step and, um, you know, you, you, you have time mentally to prepare for it. And if you have um, goals and aspirations to become a professional football, you, you got to you got to know that and you got to mentally prepare for that. And I think that comes with um, just kind of experience, experiencing life, <laughs> you know, you know, life can hit you in the face mm-hmm. and it may have nothing to do with football, but um, that'll help you down the road. So it, it's. It's just crazy how it's absolutely is life. We're still playing football, but we're still living life at the same time. Of course, man. And that being said, you know, with all your positivity, um, you know, I'm sure you you've got, like you said, you've hit some obstacles, mm-hmm. you've hit some roadblocks. Uh, you know, were there any times in your life when you thought about possibly hanging up the boots? Uh, and if so, you know, it, yeah. what made you keep going? Because I, you know, I think it's, it's sure. cliche, um, you know, to, to say per- persistence, keep going. I always say it myself, but I think those transitions mentally are huge, you know. Uh, and I think a lot of that is, you know, when you when you ha- hit those obstacles, you hit those roadblocks, um, you start uh, getting negative thoughts. And I yeah. think it's all due to emotion. Um, but but plowing through those barriers and realizing that it's just yeah. emotion is huge. So. I just wanted to know if you if you've ever experienced it and you know how you really got yeah, through I'd those say moments. I probably have kind of two two moments. Um, the first one came when I was uh, a junior in high school. So they, uh, I was playing for that academy, the sporting academy, and this this wasn't really a, like a hang up the boots type of moment, but it was. So they're making us decide mm-hmm. whether to play high school or to play academy, you know, soccer. And, you know, mm-hmm. high school is what, like six, seven weeks <laughs> out of the year where it's, uh, you know, in my opinion, I thought it was pretty ridiculous that they'd make us decide, you know, they have us for the whole yeah. year, you know. Um, so given that my dad was my high school coach, you know, my, my experience towards the end of my academy uh, with sporting was really not the best. Like, I mean, I, I, I played with them for years. And when I told them, I was like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not coming back because I'm going to play, you know, high school. Um, you know, it was pretty negative. You know, they, uh, they, they don't even consider me like I even played for their Academy where I've, I've had, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, went through that same Academy and mm-hmm. yeah, they stuck it out another, a year and a half more than I did. But, um, you know, so that was, that was tough to kind of be neglected like that and kind of left in the dust. But that was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because, you know, when I was out of their system for their academy and and it's grown a lot since I've been there, you know, 
you know, my, my age group, we're always kind of like the guinea pigs of the academy system. So what, what it is now, it may be 10 times better than what it was before. Um, but looking at that, like mm-hmm. that, it was kind of freeing because from that point on, you know, my, my goal was I want to go to college, you know, I want to play at a, a great college, get a scholarship and all that stuff. And uh, then I went to like, uh, I went to the Notre Dame soccer camp and, you know, I, I did pretty well there and that kind of opened the door for a lot of colleges. So if, if I would never have, you know, fought through the adversity of like, Hey, you know, Oh, should I stay at the Academy? Like, you know, kind of, they're not treating me the best, maybe, you know, kind of in my own head. And, you know, I, I, that was kind of pretty dark period for me because I was trying to figure out who I was as a player and stuff like that. Um, so that was, sure. that was one big moment where I was just like, man, like I kind of needed a change and ended up having the change. But the second one and kind of the hang up the boots moment came when, uh, when I broke my foot, my senior year, my true senior year at Drake. You know, it was mm-hmm. September 16th, <laughs> sitting at my, I uh, just had surgery mm-hmm. and I'm just like, man, okay. So I had this whole year, this is supposed to be my senior year. My team's playing, all the guys on my team are, um, that I started here with are captains. And, you know, I was a captain of the team, but, you know, kind of that dwindled, obviously, since I can't be on the field. So at, at that moment, it was really For tough. Sure. And it took me a couple of weeks to kind of realize the opportunity that I, you know, eventually would be given to have a graduate year and to end on a high note and, you know, lead the team again. So it was um, at that, that September, mid September was a pretty hard time, but um, you know, as as you said, the emotions that go into it, it's, it's so huge because I kind of just needed a, I needed a week or two just to kind of let my emotions out and to, kind of contemplate mm-hmm. you know what happened and what was gonna happen so uh so yeah it was, it was but hey that that fifth year really re-sparked kind of my my joy for the game and um that that last year really is the reason why i'm here is because it brought back the joy of playing again mm-hmm. absolutely man and you know just hearing that it's just um I think it's just essential to sit back um, and not make any impulsive or rash decisions, you know, sit back one week or yeah. two, a couple of days uh, before any decisions are made um, and really look yeah. at the big picture. Um, because like you said, going through those things, you really learned a lot and, and things yeah, turned out exactly. for the better. And uh, obviously very fortunate. But yeah, man. <laughs> so. For sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, just end off with one more thing, you know, if you could offer, um, you know, a couple pieces of advice to any young footballer, uh, who wants to become a pro, uh, what would it be? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think some of the best advice to give is just basically, um, you know, don't, don't be discouraged when things don't go your way because, uh, you know, you know, life is, you got to live life and you got to fight through adversity. And I know that's, that, that phrase can be, mm-hmm. you know, watered over so much because it's, but, it, but it is true. Like, I mean, you can look at, for sure. you can look at anything, football, school, 
um, just life in general. And life's going to throw you curveballs, and it, it's how you respond, um, which will dictate mm-hmm. how the success that you bring. You know, it's so easy to kind of just kind of say, you know, life's just not on my side right now. You know, screw this, I'm done. Um, but mm-hmm. it's so important to to strive for. You know, if, if you know that you want it, um, you just got to go for it and y- use the people around you. You know, don't be afraid to use the support that you have around you. And if you don't have the best support around you, say, say you're in certain situations where you kind of feel stuck, you, you got to reach out. You got to reach out to people that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. can maybe help you. So it's, I, I could not have got here without the people around me. And, you know, again, I was, I was blessed with some great people around me, but uh, you, you got to. You just got to ask sometimes. For sure, man. For sure. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you, you could sit back and say, why me? Uh, you know, yeah. life isn't fair right now. Or you can do what you said. You know, you can sit back, um, let everything simmer down for a little bit. And then, like you said, you can reach out to people um, and work in, in, yeah. in smart ways. Um, instead of making rash, impulsive decisions. Yeah, and, and you just, you, you need, um, you need that, to be able to work hard. You know, life, life is not going to be easy. For sure. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's plenty of times where maybe I didn't, you know, didn't want to go out and do shooting or something like that, but you, you just have to work hard in everything you do. If you work hard and for me, I was able to work hard at, at football, you know, I was able to train on my own and because I fell in mm-hmm. love with that, but that, that helped me transition into other aspects of my life, like school, you know, that made me want to work hard in school, sure. even though I wasn't the smartest, I was never the smartest in school, but I, I worked really hard. So, um, you know, work ethic is so important and um, it, it can take you places Absolutely. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think one big thing, like you said, one big thing with work ethic is, you know, you can't teach it. Yeah. You just got to go out and do. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of articles online, and I, I love a yeah. lot of self help stuff. Uh, so you know, self development, personal development, things like that. But it, you know, if you're constantly reading motivational quotes and reading motivational books and not going yeah. out and doing, your brain and body is never gonna remember um, and, and learn to yeah. rewire new patterns. So, just like you said, I think I, I think like. You know, first of all, football and any any sport is is really great. Any to harp and really sharpen your discipline, uh, and like you said, it it allows you to work hard and be disciplined in other yeah, areas absolutely. of your life. So yeah, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really appreciate the uh, the gratitude you bring and the positivity and, and uh, looking at the you know uh, the bright side on on, on everything, whether it's whether it's yeah. negative or positive. I think a lot of listeners will really yeah, get well, a lot th- out of that. Thanks for having me on. Um, this was great to talk through. Of course, it. man. For sure, brother. Um, so if, if listeners want to get in contact, maybe ask you some questions, uh, what's the uh, best way to reach my, you? my Instagram? I have, um, uh, uh, my professional career Instagram, uh, for my football journey. It's just Stena mm-hmm. FC. Um, uh, but if you just type in Steven and you can, you can find it. Um, yeah, that's probably Sounds my good, best man. way. I'm just going to 
it, it's an open the Stena FC one. Anybody can follow it. So it's open to anybody. Perfect. Yeah, I'll drop that in the description, and uh, you know, cool. people will reach Sounds out. Great. All right, man. I appreciate the time and best of All luck right, with thanks, the rest man. of the season. God bless. All right, man. You too, brother. Bye. Hope you guys enjoy that episode. Got as much out of it as I did. Once again, I appreciate you tuning into the Footballer's Journey podcast. Really means a lot to me. Would also mean a lot if you got on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, and just gave the podcast a review. Tell me what you think of it, good or bad, negative or positive. I want to hear it. And I appreciate it. Uh, If you want to reach out to the man, Steven Enna, reach out to him on Instagram at StennaFC. That's S-T-E-N-N-A-F-C, StennaFC. You can ask him questions, send him a message, see how he got over to Denmark, and I'm sure he would be happy to chat with you. Have a great rest of the day, and enjoy your weekend.